Welcome back to the Wrong Advice Podcast. I'm your host, John Picciuto, and I'm super excited to have Ashley Wilhart on the line with us today. Ash, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing so good. I'm super excited to have you on the podcast today. Uh, Ashley, why don't you introduce yourself to the audience? All right. My name's Ashley Wilhart. I'm a film photographer, and I also run a biennial magazine based in Orange County in California. Very cool. Um, one of the reasons why we came into each other's orbits is through photography, obviously, um, as mm-hmm. I hashtag or in quotation marks consider myself one as well. Um, <laughs> being that I find your work incredibly inspiring. Um, for starters, what made you, I guess, jump wholeheartedly into the film uh, aspect of photography? And what do you think are some of the benefits versus, you know, digital? So I've always loved photography, but I think as I was getting more into the swing of it being my career, I was getting really burnt out with editing and Mm -hmm. I'd come back from a shoot with, you know, the same look in 5,000 photos. And I think I was kind of getting frustrated. The editing process would take me like 12 hours, just getting crazy, like in depth with it. And at the time, my boss, uh, I was working at another magazine, and my boss uh, was an amazing film photographer. And so I kind of started, like, practicing and trying it. And I'd, you know, bring a film camera to a shoot and would kind of do extras with it. And, you know, after a couple of shoots, it was like, those are the only photos I was using because they were already perfect. Um <laughs> Because it's film, you know, I'm taking my time with it. I'm being more careful. I'm not just, like, holding the shutter button down. <laughs> and um, and then slowly but surely, I kind of, like, weaned off my digital camera and would just use my film. And, you know, the photos are already basically the color I already want them to be. Um, I'm coming back with 36 in a roll instead of 5,000. <laughs> so I think that uh, really was what made me love film um just the care and time that you put into it and it is exactly how it's supposed to be and the color is what you get and it's the same thing you know the color is what i spent 12 hours trying to do in digital i know yeah i love that (laughs) i shoot well i had a shoot yesterday that i did digitally um and I came back with 1,200 photos, and I was like, fuck me. I was like, this is going to take so long to go through. And I'm waiting on my film to be developed now. But like, I know in whether it's the 120 or the 35, whatever film photos I got are going to be the selects that I sent to this guy. who He's going to want them because they're going to come out, just like you said, warm and, and perfect from start to finish. Um, yeah. I've, I've kind of... Uh, oscillated back and forth between digital and film obviously films more expensive but digital cameras are more expensive um i i I will have to say i do agree with the intentionality behind shooting film and when you're have to be very cognizant of every shot it makes you work slower and more diligently on what you're doing and i think that obviously shows in your work for sure yeah 100 percent do you have a preference in shooting color versus black and white? Because I do notice, I'm, I'm assuming you're you're a big portrait fan. No, I actually um, am not a fan of portrait at all. <gasps> oh, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, for some reason, I a lot of my friends shoot portrait and it comes out so beautiful, like such rich colors. I swear every time I've shot portrait, I hate the photos. They're like bland. It's like... There's no detail. I don't know what is going on every time I shoot it. That's so funny. Um, so, yeah, but I'm a big, I love Lomography 400. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But that is Kodak and film, right? Superior. What was that? Lomo is Kodak film, correct? It's like a stripped down, I think. I might have made that up. <laughs> so, someone's gonna call me on that later but i i'm I, I someone steals their film from someone else and like changes with the emulsions and stuff and i, I thought it was llama but I, I could be completely wrong um where uh where did you grow up and uh when did you first like get into photography and, and first pick up a camera so i grew up in coast mesa california oh fancy and i uh, i went to a really funny art school from like preschool to eighth grade where you spent the entire time outside and like you know with animals and stuff like that (laughs) that's awesome yeah 
they were very uh they just really pushed everybody to you know dive all in into whatever they wanted to do so they were obviously very very into the arts um you had to like learn a bunch of different languages so i think since then i loved the idea of photography and video um all my projects were turned in either via photo or movie i'd made and um in high school i think i bought my first digital camera and although i didn't really know what i wanted to do with it or i didn't really realize that could even be a job then like somewhere along the lines i kind of forgot that could be your career um but i did take pictures all the time um and then i went to college and for some reason went to like a school that had no photography program and <laughs> that's helpful then yeah i don't know what i was thinking um <laughs> and then i studied abroad in italy and i really really think those six months um i like woke up one day and i felt more myself than i'd ever felt and i just came to the realization that i could do anything i wanted and the day i got back i went and got a job as a photographer oh my god I'm so jealous of that. I'm a, I'm a decade late on the, uh, you know, aha moment of the light bulb going over my head. Um, but I find it, it, it's been a common theme and conversation that I've had with people in your age bracket who more often than not, and I don't know if it's like because of social media or, you know, you guys have access to stuff earlier than maybe I did. Um, you know, I know we're only a decade apart, but it feels like a lot, but like a lot of people in your age bracket, that 21 to 28 year old, uh, group of people have like immediately jumped into doing the thing that they want to do. And it's super awesome, but like so jealous. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know, that is, a good point because a lot of my friends um i think i'm also just like surrounded by a lot of people that want to be their own boss or have started their own company um which i think is definitely motivating then to do what you want to do yeah you know? mm-hmm. yeah well you have only yourself to rely on yeah so tell me about the trip in italy uh did you have a camera with you when you were there i did i had this like little point and shoot samsung oh samsung um, interesting I know. And uh, I just like took pictures literally 24-7. But I think being immersed in a place that's so uh, has such a deep history and so much art surrounding it, you know, like mm-hmm. everything from the architecture, but the language was like an art. The way they eat meals is like an art. I, um, I'm i guessing I you were in Florence. That. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, I just came back feeling really inspired, and I think all my professors over there, too, were uh, just so passionate about what they were doing. I took very, like, funny classes. I did a wine tasting, and I did... Cooking. uh, (laughs) Yeah, I did (laughs) cooking. I did, like, photography classes. Um, So I think being around people that were so passionate about it and had all these crazy careers in their specific field uh, just really changed my perspective. That's awesome. Yeah, I was in Florence in 2009. I was one year out of college and I almost bought a, a flat. I was like, I'm never leaving this place. This is the most beautiful city on the planet. How am oh, I going to yeah. go? How am I going back to New Jersey after this? Like, fuck this. I'm leaving. <laughs> and obviously no, that didn't totally. happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I honestly think after I got back, I went back to Florence like maybe once or twice a year for the next three years. I was so in love with it. Oh, that's amazing. I'm so jealous. I haven't, I haven't been back in a while, but it's definitely on my post COVID normality tour that I hope to embark on at some point whenever (laughs) that's allowed. Um, talk me through your journey. You come home after this life changing experience, you're in Italy and you're like, I'm going to dive headfirst into photography. This is what I want to do. And then kind of talk me through how the photography end of things led to starting your own uh, creative agency and uh, whatnot with Cayenne. Yeah. So I got back and I basically emailed every single magazine and photographer I knew of. Um, I just wanted to be immersed in a field where people were doing it every day. Mm-hmm. 
So um, almost right away, I heard back from one of my favorite photographers, Amber Asali, and she at the time was at Galore Magazine. And uh, she was just moving back to LA and she was like, yeah, why don't you meet me tomorrow? Um, we'll like have an interview. Would love to like meet you. Mm-hmm. And uh, at this point, I had no experience and I kind of explained that to her, but I was, you know, explaining, I really, really am a great learner and I want to be here and I want to, you know, uh, do what I can. And she was the most ideal boss you could have had. She was so encouraging. Um, day one, she's like, yeah, don't worry about it. That's my job to teach you. Like, that's why I'm the boss. And um, I think for the next maybe year and a half, I was commuting to LA every day and shooting, you know, every model, singer, uh creative that walked through the door we were doing interviews we were doing uh photo editorials and they would like be throwing parties so it was kind of a very fun win world of a year yeah going you know head first into this experience and kind of like learning as i went um after that they kind of went under uh, or maybe changed their format a bit so i then moved to a magazine down in newport and was there again for about a year until they went under and at that point you know i'm like oh i know everything i need to know about you know running a magazine uh i've been looking for other jobs to you know try to be a photographer in another magazine and no one really had the same vision i did or it was a different theme that i wanted to be you know concentrated in um so it was probably after a few months, I was like, you know what? I think I know what I'm doing at this point. I just want to start my own. I want to be able to tell the stories I want to tell. I want to photograph who I want to photograph. It's difficult, you know, having a boss, obviously, because you you, you don't get to tell all your stories and you can't, you know, express all your opinions or, you know, everyone thinks they have the best ideas. So. Mm-hmm. I then one day was like, you know what? I'm just going to start my own. Um, how hard could it be? Uh, I think the first year was definitely a great learning experience. <laughs> As most are. Um, yeah. Uh, it was definitely more time consuming than I thought. And obviously, you know, I'd only been involved in like the fun creative aspect, but there's that whole other, you know, business, legal, editing aspect that you like just don't even see when you're taking photos right yeah and then cayenne was born that's pretty awesome Uh, i mean to to say that that short period of time was a whirlwind would would be a dramatic understatement i mean you did something in a short period of time that i think people probably spend 10 15 20 plus years of their lives trying to build towards um what's like your support system like around at home you know parents brothers sisters significant others and how did that support system kind of feed into you being able to feel like you had the confidence to to take this risk um my mom is definitely 100 percent. like i don't want you to have any plan b's you know like go for exactly what you want to do she's always been crazy supportive i mean she sent us to the art school so she was like I want you to do what you want to do. Um, and she definitely instilled in, I have a twin sister, so she definitely. Oh, no way. I have a twin sister. Yeah. No way. Yeah, really. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, yeah, twins are the best. I know. <laughs> um, so she definitely instilled in both of us, you know, to go after whatever you want. Um, when I, and it was one of those things, you know, it's like when I told my family I wanted to run a magazine, uh, they were all kind of just like, yeah, like, just do it then. You know, it wasn't even a question of, oh, but you got to do this and this and you have to, you know, have the funds for it and you have to, you know, have something to fall back on. It was very like, yeah, you should. I think that's a great idea. That's so awesome. I never really had a doubt about starting it. Um, obviously, like the ideas changed a lot. And I think over, I mean, every day I figure it out more and more and every day it becomes uh you know more of what it's supposed to be um i started very broad and then i think it's as time goes on it's concentrated into this beautiful little biennial magazine Mm -hmm. um 
And, but so I had a really, really great support system, obviously through, cause I do a lot of photography that's not for Cayenne. Mm-hmm. And I think through that I've built a nice creative family where, uh, I mean, the first issue, I think almost everyone I knew I had to be a part of it. Yeah. And, um, so that kind of built a nice base. Yeah. And after the first one, it was like, you know, I, the, so the magazine kind of goes in, it's two a year. And the first one, one of them is a overall cayenne theme. So it's art, culture, and fashion. And the second one is like our special edition. Mm-hmm. And so when the first one was coming out, you know, it was six months of trying to pull together shoots and people to be a part of it and kind of trying to sell everyone on this idea of a magazine that nobody had heard of. And um, I myself didn't really know what I was doing. And I, my whole goal was after every magazine, you know, we'd release it at this release party. And that way, everyone that was a part of it finally gets to come together and meet. And the first party comes around. And I'm like, oh, my God, nobody's going to show. It's going to be me and my mom and my sister. <laughs> and um, literally within like five minutes, there was over like 200 people there. Oh, awesome. And um, so I think that really pushed me. And that was like confirmation that this could be something uh, I could get a lot of people involved, but then it could be a nice creative community for others as well. That's so awesome. I, uh, I, I, I'm in super awe of people who are community builders. I feel as social media brings people closer together, it also sort of pushes people apart. You know, it's easy to have FOMO or uh, jealousy for other people's successes. And it's super inspiring for me when I see other people who are doing really cool things, but are also being incredibly inclusive and building a community around that thing. And it could be music, photography, whatever it might be. Um, and, And I think, you know, at listen, you're a young lady, 25 years old. It's incredibly inspiring to me um, to be able to look at someone who's doing these really, really awesome things, but at the same time has an eye on, you know, building it out for uh, a larger community, uh, which is, is very nice. I think that's, that's super cool. Um, what, what informs like your inspirations on either a shoot by shoot basis or, uh, you know, on one of your magazines on a biannual basis, et cetera. Um, like, what do you look at from a creative perspective that that inspires you hmm um i mean i definitely get inspired by other artists uh i feel like i am constantly now that i'm in the field i'm constantly looking at other magazines and i'm uh feeling inspired by that as well um shoot by shoot a lot of it happens in the moment, you know, uh, I feel like the energy of whoever you're with or the team that's around you can completely transform a shoot. I've gone into some where you're thinking, you know, oh, I'm kind of tired today. Like, I just want this to be like a very e-com basic, you know, uh, in front of a backdrop. And then before you know it, you know, there's there's these crazy angles happening and people want to experiment with all this different stuff. And let's take it outside. Let's get these people involved. So I think I definitely get inspired by other people and by who I'm surrounded with. Um, a good team or a good model or creative can really transform any shoot. Um, and for the magazines, um, you know, even like just trying to figure out the theme, it's one of those things that I will spend a long time being uh, worried about or stressed about and I'm like you know I can't I don't know what we're gonna do for this one and then it always eventually just works out so I d- definitely just like trust the process and um you know if you're consistently because I do think creativity for me anyways is something I have to work on every day yeah me too it doesn't yeah right it does not come naturally and it's not like I wake up these brilliant ideas it's definitely something I have to be constantly working on it's like a craft you have to hone and you have to nurture so uh if i get burnt out i will not have a creative thought or idea in my head for a month you know mm-hmm. yeah. and when when i start getting back in a swing of shoots uh you know at first it can be like oh my god i i don't want to be just so boring at the shoot or i want to be able to bring it and then you kind of get back into it and you get back in the swing of things and all of a sudden it just kind of pours out. Do you get nervous before a shoot? Totally. 
Yeah. I think it's funny because you do a lot of prep work leading up to this shoot, something you've been planning for days or weeks, months in some cases, and you get there and you're like, I, I get hit with a wave of imposter syndrome, fraud, who are oh you, God. why are you doing this? And then like five minutes after you take a couple shot, that completely disappears. Is that something similar that you, you experience? One million percent. I I get that all the time. I'm always I'm always so hesitant to shoot because I'm like, oh my god, like I don't know if I can do that or I don't know if I have the skill set to do that. All my friends joke that I'm like the unprofessional professional photographer because <laughs> I really like should have learned how to use a camera. And you know, whenever I'm asked like technical stuff, I have no idea. I'm like, oh, I don't know. I just kind of do what I feel like the camera wants to do. Same. Um, <laughs> so I definitely get to a shoot where I'm like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing, or what if that light's way too harsh or crazy. Um, but yeah, you're right. After a couple minutes, then you know, as you're starting to go through different poses or movements or move around, it's comfortable. Everyone's having fun, and then you're like, oh, that's why I love this. Exactly. Yeah, you, you said that completely, perfectly. Hit the the nail on the head for sure. Um, <laughs> I, I find it incredibly inspiring that at such a young age, you were able to dive into this thing head first. Like that's so awesome. Um, and it, it's with, you know, it, it seems like you did it with, without fear of failure. Cause you had this amazing support system around you with your family. Um, I got into all this stuff in life much later. You know, I did the nine to five thing. Mm -hmm. I worked a bunch of jobs. I did the safe route. I went to college and it wasn't until, you know, the last few years where I was like, none of this stuff is like actually fulfilling me. Um, and I don't really necessarily feel like this is my thing. This is like, you know, making money is cool and commuting to New York city is great. And I love being out at clubs with my friends and all that's all well and good, but it wasn't fulfilling me in any sort of uh, way, shape or form. And as yeah. I started developing my passions for photography, I started getting more and more confidence in the thing that I was doing. More people were saying, Hey, that's not bad or like blah, blah. But it's also super easy for you to, at least for me, feel like an imposter. Um, and I struggle with that sort of in this social media landscape where the number of followers and likes and shares and all this bullshit that doesn't matter ultimately informs you in some capacity uh, about whether you are quote unquote successful in what you're doing. Um, what gives you confidence uh, to kind of just keep plugging at it day in and day out and and be this kind of awesome beacon uh, in the photography world? Great question. Um, I think, I mean, I definitely think pushing through those doubts uh, is the number one thing to do because I have the same doubts and fears every single day. And um, even after, you know, big events or big accomplishments, I'll be like, oh my God, I, I don't know if I said the right thing or, oh, I don't know if that's like correct or, or I'll go into a shoot and be like, oh, I don't even know what I'm doing here. And so I definitely think it's all, I mean, for me, it is all in my head um, because every day you get a little better and every day you have the like ability to change and grow as much as you want. Oh, I so love that. It's like, you know, so it's like if I want to be a better photographer, I have all the resources to learn how to be a better photographer. I can take a master class. I can, you know, learn from my peers and my other coworkers. And I, um, so I, I think it's definitely a mental thing to push through it. Thankfully, I mean, I don't know if you're like this with your twin, but I talk to my sister every single day. Mm -hmm. I, will call before and after a shoot. <laughs> um, she's amazing because she's one of those people, like, I will get on the phone, stress out about something, and she's like, Ashley, you're amazing. Stop. Like, um, That's what so sisters I, are for. <laughs> exactly. So I definitely think um, having someone that can be reassuring, but then also just it is definitely in your head, and it's definitely, like, you have the ability to do what you want, and that if you spend too much time lamenting over the fact that you're not good enough or you can't do this certain thing, you know, then you stay in that area. But the only way you grow is when you're uncomfortable and when you push yourself to do something you maybe didn't think you could. Um, and that's when I 
I felt like the biggest result and the biggest like accomplishments have come from. That's a wildly impressive mindset. Um, and one that I think is something that I was able to learn over time, you know, like comfortability in your own skin and not really caring what other people have thought about you and just being able to feel comfortable and confident in the things I'm doing. Um, you know, obviously I wish I was more that way 10 years ago than I was, you know, the, the slow <laughs> process and, and growth. Um, but I'm, I'm very impressed with that answer because that is, uh, a, an, an, an elder viewpoint on life, uh, to say the least. And, I, I find it very inspiring for a lot of people. I mean, I don't know if we're in the same generation or not. I don't know how that works. Um, <laughs> but I found a lot of people in your age bracket who have this this mentality. And I think it's super informing, at least from a creative perspective, how much amazing stuff that we see kind of going on. Yeah. When you started your journey, obviously you jumped headfirst into doing something that I think is pretty cool. Um, do you have like from a goal setting perspective, do you say, Hey, we want to do two issues every year for the next five years. And I want to be able to work with X, Y, Z models or X, Y, Z brands. And what type of like thought process do you put into kind of like forecasting, uh, you know, goals for a year, month, whatever, et cetera. Hmm. So my tech guy asked me this a lot. Um, and I'm always kind of like, I I definitely take it day by day. I know I want to do two issues a year. Um, and at the point I'm at now, it's two issues a year for forever until I'm done with it. <laughs> um, as far as brands and models, um, you know, it kind of, especially with the themed issues, it kind of comes up as those issues come up. You know, it's like when we were doing the sports one, I know nothing about sports. I know nobody in sports, you know? And so that was uh, interesting six months of really diving into a topic I knew nothing about. But as it was going, um, I would hear of someone or see someone that I really wanted to meet and tell their story. And so then it becomes like a, I will get this done. I will meet, you know, this famous rodeo clown. I will meet this football player. I'm so glad you brought um, that up. <laughs> I'm genuinely so, serious when you say that because the rodeo clown picture of the guy painting his face um, is unequivocally my favorite photo that you've taken. There, that oh my gosh. that picture tells such a awesome story. Like an oh, a picture tells a thousand words or whatever the fucking <laughs> saying is. But that is that picture tells a story, and I absolutely love that image. Oh my god! Thank you so much. You're um, that was definitely one of my favorites as well. It was kind of towards the end of this, end of that issue. Um, I was kind of going to every sports event that was going on at the time. And I last minute was like, oh my God, there's a rodeo happening in LA. Uh, and it was like, you know, six bucks a ticket. <laughs> so I went and as I was sitting there, you know, you're kind of trying to realize uh, the rodeo clan is telling the whole story and he's going to put in the whole show on. Mm hmm. And so I'm sitting with my friend and we're like looking it up. I'm like, I wonder if that's like a very, you know, well-known job. And we're looking at, you know, like the most famous rodeo clown <laughs> in the United States and everything on the internet popping up with this guy, Flint. And I'm like, Oh, you guys, we got to go meet Flint. Like I've got to do And I'm looking up and all of a sudden Flint's name's popping up across the screen and he's down there. And that's the one we're looking at. Oh my God. And I was like, Oh my God, I wonder how hard it would be to meet him. And so uh, the rodeo ends and all the cowboys kind of come out and they will meet, you know, guests if you go down to the bottom of their arena. And I'm like, I wonder if the clown's coming out. And some of the older ladies that were there, you could tell I like, go to these all the time. They're like, oh, no, Flint never comes out. Like, you're not meeting him. <laughs> I was like, damn, okay. So I think I spent the next week and that poor Flint, I am like harassing him on DM and I am like, you know, using every account I have to DM him and email him and <laughs> see if it was possible to meet him and put him in the mag. And, um, I was doing my last event. I was shooting my last event. It was a monster truck rally. And I had gotten a, I, he finally responded and he was like, Oh my God, actually a yeah, Sorry. I uh, would love to have you. We're having one more event in St. Louis tomorrow. And so I really quickly, um, after the monster 
event ended. I took a red eye, got to St. Louis, ended up having the best day of my life. Uh-huh. Uh, Flint is an amazing, very, very inspiring guy. He, It was awesome. And I think that's why I love doing interviews. You have this perception of someone and you know, you can make up these stories in your head, but then you meet them and getting to hear someone's story and what brought them to, you know, what you can see now on online and on, you know, social media is the most interesting thing to me. Yeah, I Um, completely agree. Yeah, which I bet is why you love doing podcasts too. 100%. (laughs) It's just, it's awesome and it gives you insight into a whole other world you might not even know about. But anyways... Flint is an amazing guy. He, um, you know, it was cool seeing him from before he even put on the makeup to then putting on a performance. Then, like, we all went out with the Cowboys after the event. And <laughs> it was just a really awesome experience. He, you know, was an eight, it was a math teacher at one point. And then oh, wow. his career, I mean, his whole life, he kind of was immersed in Western sports, but found this really cool success with being a rodeo clown. That's so awesome. Uh, yeah, yeah, what a, what an amazing story. Um, and I also like having those types of conversations about like what, what goes into behind an image because I would never have been able to put any of that together based on the yeah. photo and the story that I told myself on it was completely <laughs> different. That's, that's so amazing. Uh, I've had, I've had the lucky experience, like you said, about having these types of conversations where, you know, I've spoken with photographers who have tens of thousands of Instagram followers and actresses who star in shows like SVU. And the commonality that I think we all share in the creative space is belief in ourselves that we're doing the thing that we're supposed to be doing. We can be told no a million times, but we're going to keep doing it. And my favorite part about these conversations is everyone's background story is completely different. There's no commonality in how we got where we are or how we're going to the place that we need to go. But that common drive and that intensity and, you know, kind of spark and fire that everyone shares is, is really cool to me. Um, yeah. And uh, something that I, I have super enjoyed in these conversations. Um, you're, you're relatively young. I hate to keep harping on that, but you've had a lot of <laughs> success to date. I mean, you're doing some, some, truly awesome stuff um do you have doubt do you have fear of failure do you have uh things that keep you up at night um i mean with every issue that comes out i definitely spend a week fretting that no one's gonna buy it and or like i'm not happy with it or it didn't seem like it was totally finished um but i wouldn't say fear of success or um, fear of failure. Like ever gonna fa- a fear of failure. Um, because, yeah, I guess I haven't really felt that just because. Um, You're properly I'm medicated. Being- <laughs> 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 just kidding. Well, the creative world, it's like I, there's always a need for creative. So even in the pandemic, it was like, you know, companies still needed content and mm-hmm. people More so. still wanted to create and people still wanted to write stories. So whether I was doing photography for a clothing brand or I was working on Cayenne, um, I still really felt a, I felt it chugging along and I really did feel a uh, creative pulse. Like I didn't think anything was going stagnant and I really didn't feel like, um, you know, I was struggling to, to find a way to, you know, get out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I and I do think I'm lucky with being I do have a nice creative community that when I am in a you know in a creative rut or I feel like oh my god I'm never going to work again then you know the next day it's like you're pushed to you know meet someone else I do think a lot of my work comes from word of mouth mm-hmm. and so as of right now no I am not afraid of it and I have not been um, worried about failing yet that's awesome definitely (laughs) don't share those feelings at all um but that's very cool i I like super appreciate that um how do you deal with like failure and how do you deal with regret um 
mostly this question is selfish in that like my biggest regret was not taking the chances to do things like get into photography, start a podcast, you know, until quote unquote later in life. Um, so how do you handle those types of, uh, feelings and emotions? Well, it's so funny you say that because even I feel like I started too late. I'll see oh my God. photographers. <laughs> well, I'll see some photographers that are like nineteen, and I'm like, "Oh my God, why didn't I just start this like sooner? Like, why did I wait so long to get professional with this?" <laughs> Five years older than uh, them. <laughs> <laughs> but I definitely have that where I'm like, "Oh my God, how are they seriously killing it at twenty, and I'm still floundering over here?" Um. So, you know. I, uh, what was your question again? <laughs> How do you deal with like regrets and or, you know, negative oh. feelings and things like that? Um, I mean, I definitely push myself to say yes to every opportunity. Mm-hmm. I, um, I mean, even like doing the podcast, I was like, oh my God, I'm so nervous. I'm such a bad public speaker. Oh, not at all. And even, um, I had done like a little, hbo movie and i was like i hate myself on screen like i should not this is why i'm behind the camera oh wait i I forgot to watch that yeah i saw the i saw you shared the uh the preview for it i'm I'm gonna watch that very funny yeah i heard it was funny i know a bunch of people (laughs) who watch it though very professional (laughs) i'm gonna watch it i got nothing else to do Um, today so (laughs) but yeah i just i do think saying yes to everything um i mean obviously then helps you not regret not doing anything Mm mm-hmm um, but I also think, you know, no reason to, to regret starting late, like, or regret, you know, doing something when you're doing it, because you, I, I really do believe, at least for me, I have done everything when I was supposed to, like, if I, oh, I like that. started the magazine, you know, 10 years ago, I would be nowhere near ready. I would have no direction, no, like. I mean, every day I feel more myself and I feel more um, sure of what I'm doing. So I think things happen when they're supposed to. Um, Some of my friends were ready, you know, 10 years ago to start their own company. Whereas I was still, I mean, probably working at a restaurant 10 years ago. So I I definitely think, um, I think some, in some ways I matured later in what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. Um, So... Yeah, I mean, it's impossible. I think it's impossible not to have regrets. I mean, every shoot, I come back and I'm like, oh my god, why didn't I just do this? I like this look, or like, oh, why didn't I have them posing this way or use this camera? I have regrets a lot, but I do think um, in the end, you're like, you know what? There's nothing I can do about it now. I can't go back in time and change anything. So I need to work today to do what I want to do. And it's honestly, I also think it's never too late. You can do. Whatever you want to do at any age, you know, Julia Child became a famous chef at I like 50 something. Late, yeah, at 50 something. And, you know, and I mean, her and a number of other famous people have found their passion and their calling later in life. So I like so that. it's impossible not to have regrets, but, you know, you just got to remember that things happen the way they're supposed to. I agree with that. I'm a, I'm a firm believer in things in life happening for a reason. Uh, you know, I got laid off in the middle of a pandemic from the, you know, what I thought was my dream job. And like, you know, these mm. things all kind of fall into place and, you know, ebb and flow and fall apart and when it's supposed to, and then, you know, it makes way for the next thing. And I think what, totally. what, what's super nice is this is something that I've learned with age and you already know this. So you're like already killing it. That's so great. I'm so, I love that for you. <laughs> Seriously. That's awesome. Having accomplished a lot at a young age, does that do two things? Does it give you a lot of pressure to maintain and grow? Um, and if yes, and if no, what is like your biggest dream for, you know, the next five years of your career? Um, I think, I mean, definitely a bit of doubt goes in my mind when you say that, because I'm always like, wait, I haven't done nearly what I'm supposed to be at right now. Well, outside looking. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But, um, I mean, I, I put a lot of pressure on myself. I think obviously being your own boss you have to be the one that's putting pressure on yourself. Mm -hmm. 
And so, I mean, even like I make, you know, absurd deadlines for myself or I will uh, have these like crazy hopes that, you know, I'm pulling all nighters for a week straight trying to make possible. So I definitely feel a lot of pressure. Um, but I also, I feel pressure in ways of like, I want to keep momentum going. Mm -hmm. So when things are really good, I want to make sure that I'm not, I'm not, um, asleep at the wheel. Like I want to make sure I'm, you know, constantly feeding the creative, you know, brain and trying to keep that alive. Um, and goal wise, my goal has always been to, work with Vogue in some capacity and I would love to get a job in Italy that keeps me there six months out of the year. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Just open a studio <laughs> in, in Florence. I'll split it with you. <laughs> <laughs> Sold. <laughs> I've, I've, I've got the ability to have dual citizenship, uh, with Italy. It's supposedly like a <laughs> super shitty long process. So I've just obviously been too lazy to do it, but, um, you know, JP Studios in Florence. That's that's got a nice ring to it. Might might have to look it's into that. Really nice. <laughs> <laughs> I like the sound of that. <laughs> What's the biggest piece of advice that you have for someone who's just starting out on a creative career? Uh, someone who wants to take the plunge into doing something for the first time, or something that they're super passionate about? Mm. I would start with um, you don't need the best equipment to do what you love. Mm -hmm. Um, I think obviously like for photography specifically, you do not need the nicest, most expensive, fanciest camera. I've always learned that like I can make art with an iPhone or a disposable camera. Oh yeah. Um, you know, like you need the eye more. So if you have a creative eye and you have a vision that you are going to make happen, you can do that with anything. You don't need, you know, a Mark, something um so i think first things first people get really bogged down by you know i don't have the funds or the means to make it happen but you can do it you can do anything you want to with limited limited tools and i think also just taking that first step um you know it's always you build it up in your head and it can be a lot scarier than it really is but i know um i mean almost all my friends that have thought about it and wanted to and want to embark on you know this creative venture this creative venture you can't do anything until you start Mm -hmm. so just starting and taking that first step just you know putting the intention out there and making a name or you know uh making the account or now starting to talk about it writing out what you want what you envision this looking like like you just have to take a step and then you know and then the whole universe kind of opens up and and you have this whole other avenue that you can go down i love that i uh i would piggyback on the back of that and be like not afraid to reach out to people um the one thing that i found 100 percent. yeah totally i found people some of my most inspirational photographers that i follow and own their artwork 800,000 1.5 million Instagram followers will like take the time to answer a DM and or a tweet or whatever it is. Uh, so if there's someone that you look up to, definitely don't be fearful to reach out to them because they'll probably be more appreciative and super willing to give you advice or, or be helpful. That's actually such a good point because I'm also a firm believer in asking anyone and everyone. I, I think it's such, I mean, we live in this amazing time where you can contact anyone you want to Yep. and they may not get back to you, but <laughs> you do have the ability to get in contact with anyone. So I'm huge on asking for what you want. Um, and it couldn't hurt to just email. Like I will email anybody and almost all of them get back to me. Similar. Uh, similarly, I will say I don't always get, answered and i think that's inherently what happens being a male photographer versus a female photographer um Mm. do you think that plays into any six like any like how does being a female creative i i would easily relinquish the fact that it is much more difficult for some for a female to be successful you know there are inherent you know sexual barriers in place um but like do you do you see that do you feel that or do you just like fuck it i'm gonna do it anyway um, 
Well, it's funny. So I, I do, I do get a lot of people that I'll shoot with and obviously girls in particular feel comfortable with me just because I am also a girl mm-hmm. and I do get a lot of them that will, you know, express like, Oh my God, this shoot's so nice. Like you wouldn't believe like the last time I had with this guy and he was so creepy and blah, blah. Yeah. Um, so I definitely think people are willing to open up to me and to be very comfortable to shoot with me. And so I do think I get, uh, that hired because, yeah. And I do think I get hired a lot because of, um, just people your, your awesome having work. experience. <laughs> <laughs> your work. But, um, I will say like all, I have a lot of guy photographer friends and, um, as sad as it is that there's been some crazy things going on lately with male photographers, um, all my guy photographer friends have not had those experiences and, um, we all pretty much get the same amount of work, I would say. Oh, nice. That's cool. I think it, it, I, what really is, I think more about, um, maybe like the, style or the concentration you're in or um oh yeah i was i was more being facetious but yeah oh <laughs> yeah yeah I, I, like you know if you dm uh, an instagram model with you know 30 million instagram followers they're, they're not gonna be like yeah let's go shoot <laughs> yeah 100 they probably won't answer me either though <laughs> yeah no that's fair um you obviously have like a number of different i would say like styles of photography you do a lot of portrait yeah. work. You do lifestyle. Um, is there a certain uh, avenue or, or you know uh, source material or, or whatever that you prefer, like portraiture or whatever it might be? But like, is there anything that you go out to do and you're like, oh, I love that so much more than X Y Z? Uh, my favorite is definitely portraiture or uh, more fashion editorial type photos. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think the more, well, anytime it's a like candid lifestyle type photo, it's like a happy accident Yeah, because that I've always find is like the hardest to force. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but my favorite is definitely portraiture and fashion. I don't know about you, but I find like, especially even when I'm on a shoot, like if I'm in a studio or a house, whatever you're at, um, the in-between shots where like someone's super relaxed and it's they're like not actually posing tend to be the best images from the shoot. Like it's, it's less forced. It's less rehearsed. Do you, do you feel that way? Oh yeah, totally. Especially, I mean, um, I'll notice, especially with doing photos with interviews or with people that aren't models, those in-between shots are these beautiful, genuine, raw times that, you can't duplicate if you ask them to smile. Yeah, I agree. Totes the same. <laughs> <laughs> so I like to spend the last few minutes of every one of my podcasts doing like a little bit of like a rapid fire question. And some of them are kind of big. You can opt out if you want. Um, and then some of them are super easy. So I'm going to start with what is your favorite book? Oh my gosh. Um, uh, Life of Pi or Eat, Pray, Love. Oh, I I just literally <laughs> bought Life of Pi on Apple Movies yesterday. I've watched oh, it like so 20 good. times. It is visually incredible. Um, yeah. Love that. What is your favorite movie? Oh my gosh. Um, okay, I have three. I have four and they're all tied for first place. <laughs> and these are my movies that I will watch forever. Not necessarily like what I think is the greatest work of art. But they are also great work of art, and that is April Love, Julia, Julia, Mamma Mia, Ben like Beckham. Mamma Mia, <laughs> I don't care who of my friends are going to hear me say this. Mamma <laughs> Mia is a fucking treat, and I own that uh-huh. movie on DVD. I own that movie on Apple <laughs> fucking movies. I own it on every medium possible, and I will watch it on every single plane ride I'm always on, yes. and I don't know why. The first thing I do when I get on a plane, if I don't fall asleep or I'm not drinking, is I put on Mamma Mia. <laughs> it's it's hilarious. Yes. It is wonderful. <laughs> What's your favorite food? Pasta. Any kind in particular? Any kind. I will have it for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Amen. Girl after my own heart. <laughs> do you believe in an afterlife? Um... I don't know. I'm scared about talking about that. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Are you in love? Yes. Awesome. 
Love that for you. What is the best piece of advice someone has ever given you? Oh, um, oh my gosh. I had it. Um, maybe no plan B I'll go with. Oh, I like that. That's nice. I wish I'd thought about that like 10 years ago. That's good. <laughs> what are you most proud of? Most proud of my latest issue, Cayenne. I think this one's going to be my game changer issue. That's awesome. So great. And my last question, what is one recommendation that you have for everyone listening today? Uh, it could be a book, uh, a movie, a podcast, just you know, TV show, something you've recently consumed that besides Mamma Mia that you'd like everyone to check out. Mm, um, oh, watch... Uh, chef's table oh that's good i like that that's a good one i just started and it is like these chefs are artists they're philosophers it is really kind of a beautiful amazing life-changing series that i'm very late to the game on yeah it's a good one um my, <laughs> my recommendation is blown on uh i think netflix yeah netflix uh it's basically these uh glass men you know blowers they make glass out of blowing this molten blob into something beautiful uh oh yeah it is a super relaxing show it's sort of weirdly <laughs> like asmr in some <laughs> some way uh but what <laughs> these people can make out of literally nothing is truly truly awesome holy crap that's crazy yeah check it out it's, it's good um <laughs> ashley thank you so much for coming on the podcast today i'm super appreciative of your time i am super inspired and in awe of all that you've accomplished at such a short period of time and uh it gives me a lot of uh you know confidence to keep doing my own thing as well i think you've got a great mental outlook and uh i expect nothing but the world from you in the future Oh my gosh, thank you so much. This made my day. Thank you so much for having me. Anytime. Look forward to uh, doing it again. Sounds good. <laughs>